0: Hi, weather friends. Welcome to the Girls Who Chase podcast, stories of women in weather and storm chasing. I'm Jen. I'm a storm chaser and science communicator, and I'll be your host. Girls Who Chase is a new initiative that empowers and inspires girls and women around the world to pursue the sciences, the weather, and their passions. On this podcast, we'll bring you the badass female and female-identified voices of the storm chasing weather and science community to raise and tackle some real life tough questions and issues and identify solutions and paths forward. You can find out more about what we're doing at girlswhochase.com. Now, on to the show. When Girls Who Chase first landed on the interwebs, we did some polling to see what kinds of topics our followers might be interested in. And we were surprised to discover that almost 100% of our responses were requests for the basics of learning to chase. Things like how to start learning to forecast, what to bring, and how to stay safe in the field as a woman. So we've teamed up with the best weather education expert we know, Rachel Sanner, founder of the esteemed chase group Tornado Titans, to bring you Chasing 101s for this podcast. Rachel has been chasing since 2003 and has a background in media, communication, broadcasting, business, social issues. Yeah, I could go on. She's a self-taught chaser, which for sure has contributed to her uncanny ability to break down complex topics around weather forecasting. She's also the creator and curator of Titan U, a free resource library packed with educational videos and blogs about how to chase storms. Titan U was one of my primary go-to resources when I learned to chase. It's accessible, easy to understand, and really well-produced. I highly recommend that if you're in a learning phase, you check them out. They're at tornado Titans.com/slash Titan And of course we'll link to everything in the show notes. So here is your chasing 101, just for girls who chase. All right. So let's talk about logistics. Like you're getting ready to go on a chase and um and maybe we should talk about like a day trip and then an overnight and yeah how those things are maybe a little bit different. So what we want to bring, how we might want to plan a commute, things to think about before you actually go into chase mode, all that kind of stuff. So what's on your do? absolutely do not forget list?
1: OK, well, first off, there is the camera. I absolutely cannot forget my camera. That's just like, that's that's it. Like, make sure all my camera gear is in the car. But that goes without saying. Um. The things that I actually like to pack and I'm about to date myself a little bit are paper maps, first off, because technology will find a way to fill. And paper maps give you the ability, like when you're setting in your target area, to like look at the roads. Just like set there. Like you got nothing else to do. There's nothing to look at for 15 minutes. You can sit there and look at the map and just see like Okay, here's the roads here's where storms might form all that like it just gives you that ability to do that. Another uh, other things that I really try to make sure I have this is like just basic stuff too. like. Make sure you have a good jack in your car, just in case you get a flat, make sure that you have a way to inflate tires like a nice like DC power air compressor or something uh, make sure that you, I mean, if you have any bit of mechanical knowledge, bring a tool set just in case you need to like do something like that. But if you don't, uh, make sure that you have in your possession, a card of essential, uh, numbers that are there to be called. Like, uh, if you have a roadside assistance, something like that, just have it in a place that, you know, like reach and grab it and you have it. It's like your safety net if something happens.
0: All right. So moving on from the gear, uh, how about, let's talk about even what to wear. So mm-hmm. I've encountered, I mean, I'm a high planes chaser, so I have encountered anything from hundred degrees with high dew points to a day that starts at 80 degrees and ends at 40 degrees, um, where everything's kind of damp. So I like to wear layers and ideally layers that aren't super annoying when it gets windy, because that happens often (laughs) when you're chasing. So things that aren't like flapping around your face or um, just doing a lot of flapping in general, but also ideally things that are kind of quick dry or aren't super uncomfortable if they get wet, if you're out in the rain. Um, How about for you?
1: Yeah, I think, First thing I do is chase to the conditions kind of thing. Uh, Always have something like a hoodie or a jacket or something on close call, no matter what. Because while it may be 92 degrees with a 72 dew point, You never know when a storm when it's going to be a storm complex that's just blowing out this incredibly cold air and you're just like freezing at the end of the day you're. wet You're it's windy it's cold it's just nasty so always make sure that you have some kind of way to layer, even if you aren't starting the day with layers make sure there's a way to layer it up and then. Uh, a couple of things I always try to pack is, uh, you know, I I don't actually ever usually chase with pants. I that was I wear something. I wear something Yay! There. I I when I said that I knew exactly. I was like, yeah, that, that came out. <laughs> Girls up.
0: who chase shorts. <laughs> I'll edit this out.
1: <laughs> oh, it's fine. Keep it in. Keep it in. That was excellent. Uh, no. Uh but no, I, I always try to like wear shorts usually when I'm chasing just because it can get really I don't know. I hate being hot. I hate being hot so much. Same. And yeah, so if I'm wearing pants and it's like hotter than expected or something, it's just a nightmare. Plus, I also live at elevation now. So going into the lower elevation with the higher dew points, like it's like it's like so much more oppressive than I ever remember. so. Yeah. I uh, tank top shorts yeah Um hopefully that's that's enough to get me through the day plus like a nice hoodie or something and yeah. High plains, though you you made a you make a great point high plains, so if you're chasing Colorado New Mexico Wyoming something like that. You should probably pack like a pair of pants to like pull like wind pants or something to pull up over everything because you could get down into the 40s really quick even in May and June and that out on the high plains for sure.
0: yeah. I typically chase in um, like yoga pants or hiking pants, um, because I also have I really got into it this year with um, the little burrs that just crawl right up your legs. (laughs) Like both me and the dog um, had several encounters with those and so um, I actually have tended toward closed toed shoes and um, pants because you kind of don't know what sort of like scrub or grass or whatever you might get into on the side of the road. If you're up next to a fence, sometimes the grass is really tall. Um, if you're standing outside of somebody's property shooting a storm over their fence or whatever. Um, so I it, I think it depends on preference. But then when it comes to the you mentioned like the heat and the high dew points, we had a I think it was 103 over seventy six or-ish or something. And it was enough that I, I'd never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, And it was oppressive. And uh, the yoga pants were almost too much. So I think it does, you have to kind of think about the type of climate that you're chasing in. If you're farther south, and it's muggy and hot, probably shorts are a better choice. And then, you know, you can kind of get away with pants, the farther north you get. And then just know that you know you might be in some undergrowth at times shooting in different locations where you want to make sure your feet are protected. I know that a lot of people swear by sandals, but I do a lot of like running around <laughs> and I don't want to have to worry about what I'm stepping in if I've got a tornado or a supercell or something in front of me.
1: Yeah, I you brought you bring up an excellent point. Closed-toed shoes are like an absolute must. Also, I mean, if you have the room and you're doing a multi-day chase, an extra pair of shoes and like many pairs of socks. Just trust me on this. It's it's gonna get rough after a few days. Make sure that you're like rotating those things and such because it can get really bad. Yeah, just, folks, just, just don't, so you... for...
0: don't forget to change your underwear, folks. Yes.
1: <laughs> also, yes, extra of everything. Like if you're chasing like seven days. Pack 14 days worth of like those sorts of things just because. Just trust me. Just trust me. It's, it's good advice.
0: It's yeah. 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 You, you never know if you go out on a multi-day chase, which we should talk about in a second, um, and a setup appears on day three that wasn't there, and you have the time and wherewithal to chase. I mean, you should just pack extra of everything traveling, period. I always do. Yeah. But in case in case, you know, because we don't know with weather in general, right? Um, your setup could fall apart, or it could become a multi-day event. So it's, you just don't know.
1: Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the worst vacation ever in some ways, you know, we're sitting here talking up storms. But really, if it was like, I mean, like, could you imagine going on vacation and saying, we're going to the Grand Canyon, if it's there, but we're going to drive out there. <laughs> and like, it may show up today. It may right. be there, but it may not be. And if it's not, that's okay too, because the road trip was really great. And we were like, yeah, storm chasing. Yeah. It back. Like, it's like literally like you're going out and saying, man, if the Grand Canyon's there, then maybe we can hike. But if not, I guess we're just like driving up there to sit in an open field and hoping it shows up at some point. So look at
0: the sky. That's yeah, right.
1: So you, yeah, keep your options open. That's like the big thing when it comes to uh, packing and such, because, uh, you know, another thing to look out for. Um, Honestly, this is logistics, but it's also just like common sense. Animals live on the Great Plains. Uh, Things like prairie rattlesnakes, uh, rattlesnakes period. Um, They're scary. Fire ants. Fire ants are like really big jerks, actually.
0: (laughs) There are a lot of them. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and if you are not paying attention, like where you set your tripod up, you're just so focused on the storm and suddenly like your legs on fire, because this has happened to me before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's rough. And another thing that's happened to me before that is not fun either. Uh, cacti cacti are yes. biggest, they're, they're terrible. Uh, especially if you're chasing like West Texas, something like that, East New Mexico, that it just, you, so that's another re- another good argument for closed toed shoes. Cause if you kick a cacti, cause you're like, so focused on the storm and you're in sandals, you yep. your, your chase day could be done. Like it could be done. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Like,
0: yeah, um, that's, these are all great points. Like, there's a lot that can kind of make your day suck. Um, that's worth, definitely worth planning for in advance and trying to stay aware of. I mean, I, you know, when when I've got a storm in front of me, I get pretty focused on the storm and the shot and all the things that are happening and not so much is the road muddy? Are there cacti? Am I going to step in something? Right,
1: yeah, hundred percent. Like it's it's the little things that can really derail a chase day. It really, and, and I say that because I have experienced many of these. Like uh May twenty nine, two thousand twelve, got a flat just as storms go up. I'm on a donut right now. Chase.
0: Oh day. no! Now,
1: now this storm is going southeast at ten to fifteen miles an hour. So. I'm playing like the worst game of reverse speed you've ever played before, where I cannot go above 55 miles per hour because I'm on a donut like that's like the rule right you can't go any faster than that, or you're risking like really bad things so I'm like putting on these dirt roads like 40-45 miles an hour with a donut trying to chase the storm and like had that storm been moving any faster my chase day would have been done because I would have fell behind and such so it's like it is the little things that can just like make or break a chase day that you don't even it's not doesn't have to do with the forecast So yeah this is such a fun fun and dumb hobby sometimes yeah
0: it is it really and it really could be any I mean I got out of my car on a wet dirt road toward the end of this year's season and post hold into the side of the wet dirt road (laughs) like up to my calf in dirt basically and kind of looked down and thought I mean it's not like that's a chase ender but it wasn't like the most comfortable I've been in my life, and you don't want to drag that into your car and stuff. So, yeah. um, it just really runs the gambit in terms of what what you can encounter. So, <laughs> um, so one thing we haven't talked about for clothing um, that I have mixed feelings about is a rain jacket um, because. It does rain sometimes when you're chasing. And I am personally not a huge fan actually of being outside shooting in the rain, Um, but it really does depend on what's in front of you. So if it's raining sideways and there's a tornado in front of me, I'm still gonna be out there in the rain shooting, obviously. Um, I don't actually really like chasing with a rain jacket. I always have it with me and then mostly don't use it. But what are your thoughts about rain gear? I, I just like I I I don't know
1: how to put this other than like I always pack layers because I know one of them is going to get like really wet like one of the outer layers no matter what during a chase day. It's just like how my chase style ends up if like I'm not a big get close person like extreme chaser but if the storm is going to produce a tornado that looks fairly photogenic my positioning is always like on the south southeast side of that where the RFD is going to be wrapping eventually and I'm probably going to be outside with a tripod and I'm probably going to be getting soaked at that point and that's just how it goes that's literally my life and so I just make sure that uh I try to always pack like an extra layer or something like that And just just from a practical standpoint, I always have an extra shirt and an extra like hoodie on like somewhere in the car just whenever I go for a day stay just because if I do get soaked I can change in front of God and country but really you know try to do it as discreetly as possible and to be in dry clothes I cannot stand being in like soaking wet clothes on the road it's just not. cool.
0: yeah. um okay so moving on from clothing um let's talk about food so i like to carry a day's worth of food with me or two days worth if i know it's going to be a multi-day um i am in interesting company i think sometimes when it comes to culinary choices (laughs) um chasers aren't exactly known for eating healthy on the road and i have worked hard to carry healthy snacks and things that sort of help with the hand to mouth syndrome that you can get when you're driving for hours on end um, because you can kind of ruin your day with too much junk food also and we spend a lot of time at gas stations so it's tempting to really get after it on gas station food so yeah um tell me like what are your kind of top three snacks that you like to carry
1: Uh, I try to carry something like whole fruit uh, apples something like that for sure just to like something that has like good fiber good vitamins that sort of thing. Uh, Some kind of like trail mix I try to mix in like nuts and some dried fruit, something like that. Uh, I you know selfishly will get something with M&Ms in it too because I gotta have some chocolate in there, I guess, but definitely like some trail mix or something and then uh, I like beef jerky, but in moderation because too much is like, that's like a ton of sodium. So it's like really easy to like scarf down a whole bag and get like 600% sodium intake for the day or something like that crazy. <laughs> yeah. So don't do that. But uh, beef jerky, something like that, that's like lean protein is really good. And then I think the, you know, when it comes to like, and I know you said three, but I'm gonna get four because I just feel like it. Have uh, it. No, <laughs> no, uh The, the fourth one, uh, actually that I try to always carry is uh some kind of an energy bar that might have some good B vitamins, something like that, because if you are getting fatigued, like there's sometimes there is a hundred miles to go before the hotel and that's just how it goes. And so just something like that. I mean I I will partake in energy drinks and stuff like that. I'm not afraid of like, like over caffeinating for a few days at a time, but uh there's healthier ways to do it and things like that or ways <laughs> ways to get there too.
0: Yeah, we're very much I think on the same page I I carry protein bars and some type of jerky and I like trail mix granola. Um, And then I like to carry big bags of baby carrots and snap peas that even though i'd rather be eating Doritos sometimes I can make those satisfy me if I just need to like be eating something to carrots. stay awake while I'm driving.
1: Carrots is a good idea. Yeah, I like carrots. I snap peas. I'm not a fan of I've we, I just had this argument just this weekend with uh, my wife actually about uh, with the how snap peas are in was the it a heavy it,
0: argument. It, it, was, it was a very
1: <laughs> heavy one because we were having company over and she thought snap peas were essential to the snack board and I did not but I as won. Usual, oh, I lost for sure. And oh, but I won in the Sorry. end because no one ate the snap peas except for her. So oh,
0: well, well, I'm on I'm on her side for this one. I'm a big fan of snap peas, um, and for some reason they've they've become synonymous with chasing for me. Yeah, I, I I don't whatever. But um, the other thing too, you mentioned caffeine. Um, I think you know because sometimes visits to towns or gas stations can be few and far between. Uh, in a given day, I like to carry water and then extra water, um, just in case, you know, if it's super hot, especially you want to make sure you're hydrating. And I struggle, I've struggled, I think, in my four years, uh, staying hydrated during chases, I get so focused and busy sometimes that I really forget to drink water. And then when the, the day is over, I suddenly realize how thirsty I am. And Um, I'm trying to like force water, Um, so I would add to water also potentially something like Gatorade or Pedialyte, um, something with electrolytes in it, if that's an issue for you as well. And then I am a coffee snob, so if I'm traveling, gas station coffee or hotel coffee is not going to cut it. For me and we often stay in towns that don't have independent coffee shops or any coffee shop so i carry cold brew or some type of you know coffee that can travel um this is totally like a jen walton is a snob thing but um i learned that actually on my first chase tour to carry coffee because things got a little desperate The second or third day, and so I bought a few jars and carried them with us. Yeah. So, anything I, else?
1: Uh, caffeine intake is important for me. Like, I mean, it's a big thing. i I actually, we'll just go with the hotel coffee in the mornings, and I. I. I, I I'm not a big coffee person b- to begin with, but I'm a big caffeine person. So like, I'll pack a like Mio, like those Mio mm-hmm. uh, fruit drink drops that have caffeine in them, stuff like that, that I can put into a bottle of water that I buy in a gas station. You can also get those with electrolytes if you can't find like a good electrolyte sports drink at those. Uh, gas stations, but like I like propels, stuff like that too. So uh, I, I try to stay away from heavy sugar though. Like it's that's not gonna do you any good. You're just gonna crash. Agree. Hardcore yeah. even more so than just with caffeine.
0: Yeah, that is a, that's a really good point. And w- these are some very long days. Sometimes you may have a five hour commute to your target and then somewhere to go afterward. Cause probably where you finish your chase is not where you're spending your night. Um, And so thinking about how to stay energized and, you know, not fall asleep from a sugar crash or too many carbs or something like that is definitely something worth thinking about, especially if you're chasing on your own. Um, So let's see, I have a note here about things like bug spray, (laughs) Um, sunglasses, sunscreen. So um, you mentioned red ants um which is you know bug spray isn't gonna do anything for red ants but i personally am one of those people that is a mosquito attractor like i get squarmed wherever i go um and mosquitoes like the kind of conditions that we chase in so um highly recommend bug spray if you're in a really bad like i keep i keep hearing nightmare stories about kansas actually but have yet to luckily encounter a really bad situation, but I'm sure my time is coming.
1: East Kansas, East Oklahoma, like the mosquitoes are, yeah, it's bad, especially Eastern Oklahoma. It, Eastern Oklahoma's on a whole other level, actually, and it's just like, oof. Yeah, don't, yeah. bug spray, 100%. Okay,
0: yeah, sunglasses, sunscreen, don't know what, again, you might be in sun for the first few hours of the day. Um and also if you're if you're hanging out uh i like to carry a camp chair so if i'm you know if i've got a weight and i don't want to sit in my car because you've already spent a lot of time sitting in your car and you don't want to stand then camp chairs are cool and then um, because it's 2021 covid stuff so you may be in states that have different requirements relative to masking um like things like hand sanitizer i carry i like to use keep antibacterial wipes in the car from coming in and out of gas stations and stuff like that so just little miscellaneous items
1: yeah and i, I would just say as a team stander as i sit here and stand sit at my or stand at my standing desk i try i i'm like I've got ADHD so i'm like incredibly hard to like keep still anyways and so on a chase day i'm usually like pacing around with my phone and such, I, I can imagine, there are many like very curious and worried farmers that this crazy. It's <laughs> like pacing around their field and like not sitting still and I apologize to everybody who has been freaked out by that, but I don't I don't usually sit, but a camp chair, though. I, I, I think it would be lovely to sit in a target area in a circle of chairs as the clouds are bubbling overhead. Yeah, so I definitely get a chair. Yeah, get a chair.
0: <laughs> Don't I mean me. I Don't do. Me. I stay up to a lot because you spend so much time sitting in the car. Of course, you're yeah. going to want to, of course, you're going to want to be standing. Um, yeah, I mean to some I, degree at least but uh,
1: one really weird like logistical thing that I I do at least and it goes with being healthy is actually like if we get to a target area early I will Actually, park like a mile or half mile to a mile down the road, and I will actually walk to the highway and back. Like if I know I have time with somebody and like looking at the sky, just to get like steps in and such. Because if you got time, like you could sit down and do nothing, or you could get your steps in and like kind of like let your body like feel good. Because that's a really good way if you're chasing multiple days on end to make sure that you're not like your body's not going to scream at you by day three or four because your back's going to be hurting or something like that. So, oh yes, find ways to move around.
0: Yes. So actually, that's a good transition to um, any additional items to add to the list for a multi day chase. So we talked about what to bring for just kind of a day, a day chase, like an out and back. Anything you would add to that list if you know you're going to be out for two nights, let's say. Yeah
1: make sure that no matter what you do uh you're packing for like double the days you plan to be out just because you don't know what the weather's going to do and you don't know like how like like you were talking about like you step out and you slip in mud or something and you're suddenly like very muddy uh so make sure that you have all that like you have more than you really realistically need that's like a huge deal and the other thing that i try to do actually is pack a trash bag to put my uh dirty clothes in uh, because quite honestly, like if you're like um, if you're relying on those little crappy like hotel bags that can fit like a day of clothes in, you're just not going to get very far. So if you're going multiple days, you can do that, and you then you have the ability to like have everything in one spot. And if you need to use the wash washer and dryer in a hotel or something like that, it's like all right there, and you don't have to like second guess it or anything.
0: So yeah, yeah, I I agree with all of that i think the one thing i have added into my um arsenal is because of the long hours sitting um and sometimes the bed in a hotel room or if you're sleeping in your car isn't that comfortable and for those of us who are old enough where you know you can wear down a little bit after a couple days in the car and you know who you are um it's worth bringing workout clothes So I have figured out a system to work out on the road when I'm chasing I mean, luckily, in many cases, the weather works out for me in that most setups won't fire until midday or later, so I can wake up go work out have my coffee kind of you know forecast do my morning routine. So I like to carry running shoes um, workout gear usually the hotel. Um, gyms aren't spectacular. So I'll carry exercise bands or something where I can just work out in my hotel room, but it's enough that keeps me from just like turning into rigor mortis <laughs> from three days of sitting in my car.
1: Yeah, just find ways to move. I mean, this is that's the key. It's, it really is, like, especially if you are older, uh, like we're getting very quickly. Um, I think that. Uh, making sure that you have ways to keep moving is like the ultimate thing on a multi-day chase, because if you're driving six, 700 miles a day, that's a lot. That is a yeah. lot. And I mean, it's usually averages more like three or 400 realistically, but like, if you have a multiple day stretch of like six and 700 mile days, it it's brutal. That is brutal stuff. And so making sure that you have time also like, For me, in terms of logistics and multi-day trips, sometimes it's worth uh front loading the drive at the night before when you're high off the day off the chase day or something, because then you can wake up and you can kind of sleep in. You can then like be a little bit more relaxed with the day. You don't have to worry about repositioning four more hours down the road. You're already within two hours, so you can kind of then spend time working out that sort of thing. Whereas if you do it, if you stop the night before, you're gonna wake up and you're gonna run the risk. So I just try to overcorrect the night before for sure. So I can then like wake up and like be a little bit more relaxed and enjoy the day as it is.
0: Yeah. And on that note, actually, um, let's talk a little bit about logistics because that that's definitely part of this um planning portion of the conversation. So um what are let's say you have a target and it is five hours from home so what kinds of things as you're preparing to leave you're packing the car with all the things that we just talked through what kinds of things are you thinking about in terms of planning your trip
1: yeah i think the first thing is like winter storms going to form that's like the absolute first question you should always ask yourself when planning out timing and whatever the answer to that is subtract an hour or two, if you can. So if you think storms are going to form at four, assume they're going to go at two. So when so when you're there, it gives you plenty of time to then like move things around the chessboard, so to speak. If you need to move 100 miles north, that's what I call an hour adjustment. Like if you're moving 100 miles north, that's an hour adjustment. So that means that like you have then built in 200 miles of latitude if you're at your target area an hour early or two hours early. So that's an important thing to do now. Another thing that I would say you should be thinking through when you're like getting everything in your head is like what what is the best middle ground I can strike if there are two targets like what is the best middle ground destination. That I can get to to then decide like can I go here or here, sometimes it's not possible, but be thinking about that you don't have. I am like the world 's worst at commitment, and I will not commit to a target if I am torn on it until I absolutely have to and then I may not do it until I absolutely absolutely have to i can uh may sixteenth two thousand and fifteen was a great example of this where I literally like drove west generally as storms were forming, and I was like i don 't know where the storm's going to be today; it could be in Kansas or it could be like down on the Red River and so I was just like. I, w- I was not committing to anything and I finally committed like at the very, very last minute to see that tipton tornado elmer tipton tornado but it. I literally like I left early enough that I was like I just kind of like kept adjusting through the day micro adjustments and. I mean there's two ways to chase and one of them is like setting a target and for sure like not leaving it and then there's the other way which I call the way to really make yourself suffer, but it's the way I chase. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and that is to like have a morning target and have a good idea about what's going on and what you favor, but also never close off any other possibility until you absolutely have to, because satellite and uh, surface observations are going to really guide you home every time. That's just like how I run. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I found myself chasing a lot more like that this year, um, but I will also add a plug to getting there early because I missed a tornado by minutes um because a storm went up early uh and dropped a tornado and we were on the west side behind the rfd and probably physically closer than a lot of the people who saw the tornado but we had a wall of hail and rain between us and the funnel itself and saw nothing we just saw white Um, And by the time we were able to get there, it was done it was, it was only a two minute was sounded like it was only two or three minutes long. So yeah, getting there highly recommend getting there early.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> always build in time in this part of the chase day always yeah. always always build in time like a big part of being successful in storm chasing is being able to work with time and distance really well like you should know how long it's going to take you to get 80 miles down the road or 60 miles down the road you should know that and you should also know the distance between places like get really good at geography because like if you it's I I have seen this is a mistake many newer chasers make they're like they're in like Western Oklahoma, say you're in Clinton, Oklahoma, and there's a storm going up north of Dodge City right now, people, I have seen newer chasers, like rocket north as if they're going to catch that storm at any point during the day. They're like four hours away. There's like, you're not catching that. I'm sorry, you are in the wrong target. We're all in this together. We're all in this together right now. The sky (laughs) is blue, but we're not gonna catch that thing. Okay, there's no point. Like that storm's moving away from you at 40. You're gonna be driving to it at hopefully just like 65 or. 70, like you're five and six hours away and that the show is over, like you're done. So make sure that you under have a good understanding of that too. So you can prevent like a bunch of really bad decisions from happening during a day. Sometimes, sometimes a day you have just failed and there's no amount of correcting of that mistake that is going to make it any better. And it's just going to get worse the further down that rabbit hole you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. To that end though, I mean, there are I not that I'm encouraging people to go chase something that's four hours away, but um, if you have a good sense of storm motion and it's an hour and a half away, I mean, I've driven away from I drove away. Well, I shouldn't talk about this because I'm still scarred by it, but we miscalculated McCook in 2019 and we're too far north and we drove home. And if we had actually driven toward that storm, it continued to cycle and produce tornadoes. And it was moving north (laughs) and we were north of it. So um, that was one of those situations where actually we could have gone after it, but we figured it would be long gone by the time we were there. And so most times it doesn't make sense to, to chase after something that's already putting down a tornado, unless you have a really good sense of surface observations and like you know mesoanalysis is telling you that there's there's good support for storms to stay in place, but um, you know if you know a storm is moving really slowly and you're an hour away and it's early afternoon there's potential there but wouldn't necessarily recommend like chasing things from hours away.
1: Yeah, I I would say that I mean, I've pulled off some really big miracles through the years, too. And every time that I was able to pull off a miracle, it was because I was left of the storms mean motion. So like if storms are moving like east, northeast, and I'm northeast of the storms, you're left of the mean motion. And you can actually make up a lot of time if a storms moving towards you at 40 miles per hour and you're going toward it at 60 you're making up 100 miles an hour. That is a really quick that you can close in on stuff really fast and if it's early enough in the day now if you're in that situation it's 830 it's getting dark and you know, like this yeah. It's time to give up the day. But if you are if there's plenty of daylight left in the day, you're left of the storm's mean motion and you can actually catch this thing, or if it's just moving slow or not at all, you've got a chance. But like there's some days where you're going to get out there. Storms are moving at 45. We haven't had many of these in the last few years. So I'm interested to see how people handle these when they come back around. But days where storms are moving 40, 45, 50 miles per hour, they're photogenic as heck, but they're moving fast. If that thing's past you your days done like You're just done. like yeah. just call it be done be satisfied like there were May 10th 2010 I'm throwing out a bunch of days from like the early 2010s right now but May 10th 2010 storms moving 55 60 miles per hour we knew we had one chance one chance at these things and when they were past us that was it. Like second biggest tornado outbreak in Oklahoma's history. And hopefully we're on the right storm. Which spoiler alert, we weren't, but again, that's another I'm giving out all the days that scarred me, but Me too. One, uh, <laughs> trust me, there are successes in storm chasing. It does, does that.
0: <laughs> but the but the days that are negative do 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 but yeah. this is how you learn, right? Yes. Like this is how we've developed the processes and planning that work for us is probably from learning the hard way, which is why we're talking about stuff that taught us how we learn the hard way.
1: I, I believe the great Jedi prophet Yoda once said that failure the greatest teacher is, or something like that. Teach failure, teacher the greatest. I don't know how Yoda said it, but yeah. it, basically he was like saying, that. you fail, you learn. And that's yeah. uh, that's storm chasing to a T. For right? sure. And you fail, yeah.
0: you So um, one thing I want to talk about that I think is, I'm fairly certain based on my experiences with male chase partners in the past, um, is pit stops and timing of pit stops. Uh, So something I think about, for example, um, and I've got this really well mapped out in Colorado where I live, is you know, when do I need to stop for gas? So like, how close am I to initiation time and to target area? And how do I time pit stops so that, you know, half an hour into an active chase, I just am not going to make it <laughs> right. And male chasers have the the benefit of really just being able to pull over on the side of the road. It's not a big deal. Female chasers need to think about privacy, a lot more so side of road is not a great option and I tend to personally mostly aim for gas stations, um, because it's just easier. Um, Even if you're in privacy i've had to deal with sustained winds, which is also not ideal, if you need to use the restroom um, outside. so. I like to think about, you know, okay, I even have it so far down as when did I have my morning coffee? How much coffee did I have? How far am I going to make it? Um, I have all of my favorite gas stations kind of mapped out. And then I think about, you know, we've had a few days where you have a supercell that's really sustained for hundreds of miles, for example. So you could be with this storm in areas where like we were with something in Northwest South Dakota that dropped out of North Dakota and made it all the way to Highway 90 um, before it started to fall apart. That's hundreds of miles and there's almost nothing out there. So thinking about, do you have a full gas tank, timing it with pit stops, um, if you're a woman, stuff like that, Any anything to add? <laughs>
1: you you have captured it absolutely perfectly like I can say I'm a trans person hello everybody we exist congrats uh and I can say just from experiencing this on both ends uh it's a lot more difficult uh for us right now so it's it's just like first off uh Male chase partners aren't going to absolutely get that you need a good, like, set of logistics for pit stops. They did it, just doesn't like register in their brains, uh, because it didn't for me back in the old days, back in the old self. So, uh, I apologize to everybody right now who has ever chased with Um, <laughs> uh, but also, like, I think that uh this this goes out a lot of different of the logistic things that just are different and uh you you have to be more deliberate about it i mean it sucks that that's the case but uh i mean i personally uh, i can i can just speak from my experience as a trans person and for me like restrooms public restrooms that's like a fraught issue in some parts of the country and uh, it's, it's tough. It's a tough thing for me to like balance, like safety versus privacy versus, you know, chasing with other people and what, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So I, I will just say when it comes to that logistics, it it is just like, that's the most challenging piece of chasing for me right now.
0: And I think it's important to point that out too, that planning for stuff like this, while it sounds minor, um, depends on level of import to you personally and so the takeaway really is um if you are chasing with a male partner with a group of men it's important to know that it's okay to advocate (laughs) for yourself like hey guys side of road is not going to work for me so can we stop at this gas station before we move to our target which is in the middle of nowhere things like that or you know recognizing that your chase partner may have different needs than you For one reason or another and being respectful of what those needs look like and what they what the implications might be in terms of planning Um, and we'll definitely talk about the other pieces of this more in our safety segment, because this is definitely going to come back into play talking about being a female um, in tornado alley in different parts of this, the country, um, stuff like that. So um i want to talk briefly too about commuting um and we'll talk about commuting again and safety as well but i think one thing to factor in is you learn about yourself and if you have a team over time in terms of what your tolerance is for what's too far so you know i think chasers run the spectrum from um i'll travel overnight (laughs) to a target to someone um like our friend brendan who doesn't like to leave the city that he lives in (laughs) um so it just really depends and it's different for everyone i think for me when i first started i really didn't want to stray too far like i'd be kind of willing to go to you know southern wyoming um parts of the state line like very western kansas and now um you know traveling to central south dakota before a setup and then chasing, and then, you know, whatever is no big deal to me. I think it's evolved um, as I've gotten worse, the the bug worse and worse. Um, So, but it is something to factor in, in terms of like, you know, are you gonna sleep in your car? Do you, have you thought through, where is the target initiating? And then where are models, you know, which direction is the storm moving? How far do you think it's going to get to? Are you maybe chasing multiple storms? And is where you're going to end up anywhere near in the vicinity of where you live? Um, And I think, you know, it depends. For some folks, um, the answer is a lot easier. I think, you know, for me, for example, everything moves east, (laughs) um, whether it's southeast or northeast or directly east. So I am always chasing away from home. And so that means that I have to think about Commute time, safety, how late I might be chasing, if I'm gonna be tired, um, how comfortable am I driving more than, for example, two or three hours home in the dark? It could be the roads could be wet, like the conditions could maybe be less than ideal if you're driving back through what you were chasing to kind of get back to the other side, et cetera. So um Just things to kind of keep in mind as you're planning your trip. And then if if you do decide it's beyond your comfort zone, packing an overnight bag, which the what's the worst that can happen, right? Like you don't end up staying overnight. (laughs) But if you if you get to the other side and you realize it's too late or you've driven too far and you don't have everything you want with you, it's just gonna be kind of an uncomfortable night. Or you're gonna decide you're driving home anyway, and then maybe, you know, you're tired, it's not ideal
1: yeah I think that's that's a great way to put it. it is that just make sure that you're chasing to your comfort level always like always know you always, and as I said in the previous segment we did. No, it doesn't matter how far you're chasing from home like you're a storm chaser congrats you've done it, you really have and but uh, just don't don't feel pressure to do something you're not comfortable with if you are comfortable chasing around your city, like in your county and like your small region, like of Western Oklahoma, and that's where you feel at home and that's where you feel comfortable. You don't have to chase outside of that. You just, just do what you feel comfortable with. And that is like the best way to be when it comes to storm chasing.
0: Today's episode was recorded and edited by me, Jen Walton. Our music is by storm chaser Lori Bailey in collaboration with artist Ines Lobo. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us at Girls Who Chase on Instagram and Twitter to hear about our upcoming events and see storm photos and videos from our badass contributors. You can support this initiative by donating or by becoming a Patreon member, where you'll get exclusive access to storm chasing content, forecasting information, and merchandise. You can find links to all of these at girlswhochase.com and in the show notes. Signing off for now. We'll see you under a mezzo.